The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Beware of practicing piety before others in order to be seen by them, for they then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither, rust nor must, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, there's no way around it, no way of denying the dark feeling of this day as we hear the words, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I once heard a story about a young pastor who asked his bishop if there was something less depressing that could be said for the imposition of ashes. But that's not the point. The point of worship today, as well as our readings as we begin this penitential season of Lent, isn't about circumnavigating, about going around the darkness of our reality, of our mortality, as if it's possible for us to avoid or deny the darkness of our finitude in this world anyway. There is no way to avoid death and dying. We simply won't last forever. And if you've lost someone you've loved dearly this past year, or at all in your life, this day is possibly impacting you more than it ever has. As Christians, as redeemed people, we are not called to avoid the reality of what and who we are as sinners and what that sin leads to. As dark as this day may seem, it's a promise that leads to a promise, a promise that we will die, yes, but that death is not the end. Rather, that it leads to the promise of life eternal with our God through Jesus Christ. This day is about calling out our attitudes and actions, not for others to see, but ourselves to be changed for the sake of God's kingdom. This is a true surrender, the truest way to return to our God. But first, we must come to terms with the reality of our existence in this world. 
that now we are a part of this world, but one day we will not be a part of this world. And all the while our sinful ways seek to draw us away from God, away from the light of truth, away from the promise of life everlasting through Jesus. And so we enter this season of Lent with bold but guilty hearts. It is often in our guilt that we feel the least motivated and equipped to ask for forgiveness because we don't feel we deserve it. Today's readings from the Bible boldly point us to a life of faith that causes us to turn to God in our most guilt-ridden and vulnerable times. I remember the first Ash Wednesday that really hit me, like a slap in the face in terms of understanding and accepting our mortality in this world. It was my freshman year of university, my first semester on campus. I had just returned after the Christmas holiday when I received a difficult phone call from my parents. My cousin Matthew, my dear friend and fellow troublemaker at our annual family gatherings, he had died, tragically so, in an accidental fall while on semester in Europe. And even though I had experienced deaths in the family before, I couldn't believe it at first. I refused to believe it. I was grief-stricken and in shock. No more would I be able to play golf with Matthew or swim with him in the lake as we love to do. No more would I be able to enjoy the endless days of summer with him like we'd done for so many years. Those endless days came swiftly to an end. And I felt lost, not knowing what that time each summer at reunions would mean going forward since Matthew would no longer be there. The next month for me was difficult as I grieved his death. And then I returned home with friends for a ski trip week and also the beginning of Lent. Ash Wednesday came early that year, about the same time as this year, and we celebrated the service of ashes at my home congregation. I'll never forget walking forward with family and friends, having the ashes imposed on my forehead and returning to my seat, all the while thinking of my cousin Matthew. As soon as I sat back down, I broke down sobbing uncontrollably as tears streamed down my face. The weight of Matthew's death and the death of us all hit me in that moment, and I was completely overwhelmed. The season of Lent that year caused me to reflect greatly on my life and my relationship with God, not because I felt guilty, but because I didn't want to take anything or anyone for granted, especially my Creator. Psalm 51 that began our service today is truly the holy word and direction we need for faithfully entering this season of Lent and gaining a deeper relationship with God. It centers our lives of faith as we reflect and meditate on the brevity of God's love for us through Jesus. It gives us a solid foundation for faith and life when we encounter doubt and death. It is the word we need to give us the words to cry out to God when we feel helpless and hopeless. It is the word that helps us remember that, 
The help we need to deal with this broken and sinful world comes not from within, but rather from without, through the Holy Spirit. And so this day in which we remember that we are from dust is not meant to darken our doorsteps with our own mortality, but to help us remember that life is a gift in which God's only desire is that we live in genuine relationship with him and with each other. For this psalm, it is natural to perceive it as a confession of our sins. But as a confession of sin, it also acts as a confession of faith. When we are honest with God about our shortcomings, we are honest with ourselves. Through that honesty, whether in this season of Lent or not, we are more capable and enabled to turn to God and to grow in faith and love. Our Gospel reading from Matthew is one that is meant to remind us always of the call to turn back to God and to live that life-giving relationship. And yet Jesus' words give the clear explanation that showing your faith, practicing your spirituality, being in relationship with God is for your own benefit and no one else. But we still see those people every day, don't we? Whether at work, school, or even church, we encounter those who claim to be passionate but only for the sake of getting attention and acting out a passion that doesn't seem as sincere. It's called being the center of attention by only being engaged with something for another's pleasure. Spiritual devotion must not be done for show. All these words of Jesus likely leave us feeling a little wary about how to most sincerely live out our faith. To discern the reasons that move us to faith, like the act of confessing our sins and asking for God's forgiveness. And although our attempt at spiritual discipline is mostly for ourselves, it is often difficult to do without the support of others attempting the same thing. I can't imagine at the worst of times in my life when I felt I needed to turn again to God and abandon selfish and sinful ways that I could have done it alone. It wouldn't be possible. When my cousin Matthew died, I couldn't navigate my grief alone, so I relied on family and friends. When I almost lost my firstborn son and wife almost five years ago, I couldn't have processed it alone. And I didn't have to because of all those around me. That is why we gather as a community of faith to walk alongside each other and to support one another through the deepest depths of our despair. The emphasis of this day and the season are on the personal work with our spirit and faith, which can be daunting. But find hope in that you are not called to do this alone. Look to one another this season of Lent for support and guidance as you navigate your faith and relationship with God. If God would have wanted us to do this alone, Jesus would not have entered the world, died for our sins, and rose again. Even in the light of this promise, this tiny shred of light on this thematically dark day, it's still difficult for me to think about imposing the ashes on my beautiful, happy, and carefree boys' heads. And that's okay. Because that in itself is one example of spiritual discipline in which we reflect on this life and the gifts we've been given 
and how we can love our God and show our gratitude in spiritual devotion. Because of the love our God has for us, we know the words about dust today are not the end of the story. They wouldn't have been the last words of Odin or Anna's story had they not survived. The words of dust were not the last words of my cousin Matthew's story either. They are not the end of all our stories because they are not the end of Jesus' story. No matter the sin, the death, and darkness of this world, there is still light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness will never overcome it.